0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم عن ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يحل دم امرئ مسلم الا باحد ثلاث الثيب الزاني والنفس بالنفس وال لدينه المفارق للجماعه رواه البخاري ومسلم Bismillah rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi we still on hadith number 14 where the messenger sallallahu alayhi says la yahillu muslim the blood of the muslim is not halal illa bi except for three reasons uh, Al-Muhsan, al-za- uh, Al-Zani, Al-Muhsan A person who makes Zina and the person is Al-Thayyib I think what you have in your uh, copy is Al-Thayyib Al-Zani Yeah, which is the same as Al-Zani, Al-Muhsan nafsu bin-Nafsi and Al-Nafsu bin-Nafs When we spoke about Al-Thayyib Al-Zani I think I explained everything starting from the meaning of Zina and how Zina can be established And we said, zina can only be established when a person makes iqrar or confesses that he committed zina or four witnesses saw the act of zina, not just seeing the act of zina, but actually uh, seeing the actual penetration. Uh, Concerning the confession by the person who makes zina, there is a hadith. In which a man called Maiz came to the Messenger Wasallam and said, Ya Rasool Allah, O Messenger of Allah, I've committed zina, fatahirni, I want you to purify me. The Messenger Wasallam ignored him. Then he said again, Ya Rasool Allah, O Messenger of Allah, I, commit, I committed zina, fatahirni, Therefore, purify me. The Messenger وسلم, continued to ignore him about three times. Then later, Rasulullah says to him, Go, you did not commit zina. Maybe you simply touched her. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I did not simply touch her. I committed zina. I know the meaning of zina. The Messenger وسلم, said, Are you sure? He said, I am sure. And the Messenger alayhi Wasallam ordered that he should be given the punishment of zina, which is stoning to death. Firstly, we observe that the Messenger alayhi Wasallam ignored him a number of times, because when a person does something which is bad and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to cover them, it's only proper that they should you know, stay away from that bad thing and make tawbah without revealing the bad things which they did. Rasulullah sallallahu forbade that a person should do something bad and then come out to the people the following day and explain that he made zina. And there are people who make zina and they do not simply make zina but they also narrate the zina which they committed, and this is not allowed in Islam. So the part of zina, we finished, alhamdulillah, so we move on to an-nafsu bin-nafs, a person who kills another person. Such a person, his blood is not protected. La yahillu damu im muslimin, the blood of a muslim is not halal. But the blood of these three people that the messenger mentions in the hadith becomes halal meaning this blood can be spilled. However, it's not everyone that has the permission to spill their blood. This can only be done by the wali al-amr, the ruler, the leader, the judge. A person does not have the right to go about killing people because they think they commit zina, or to go about killing people because they want to avenge the death of their relative. This is supposed to be done by the wali amr Killing comes in three forms. The first form is called al-amd, deliberate killing. The second form is called qatlu uh, afwan, shibhul al-amd, something near to deliberate killing, but it's not deliberate. The third type is called patlul khata, killing someone by mistake. I'll start by describing the first type. The first type which is considered amt, or deliberate killing, is where you kill someone with something which is known to kill people. Everyone knows that when you stab someone with a knife, the person would obviously die. Or if you hit someone with a big stone, the person would die. Or if you strike them with a sword, they're supposed to die. Or to shoot someone with a gun, the person should die. So in the Sharia, we look at the weapon that was used. If the weapon used is something which is known to kill people, then this is considered amd, deliberate. <laughs> and the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi said, al-amdu qiwad, al-amdu qiwad. If a person kills another person deliberately, then the person has to be killed. Anyone who kills someone else deliberately, his blood becomes halal he has to be killed as well, unless the relatives of the person he has killed decide to forgive. If they forgive, then the Qisas is not going to take place. It means he will not be killed. If they do not forgive, then he has to be killed as well. Sometimes they could forgive and ask for blood money, meaning he has to pay. So if a person kills someone, the relatives may choose either to have him killed as well or to ask for blood money, which the killer is supposed to pay. Or they could simply forgive him. That is the first type, which is amd. The second type is called Shibhul amd, which nowadays we may refer to as manslaughter. Where you kill someone, without the intention to kill them but because you aggressed against the person for example you punch someone normally a person is not supposed to die when you punch them but sometimes it could happen like a Darullah, that you punch someone and the person dies or you punch someone and he falls you know against something which could hit his head and then he happens to die that kind of death is called shibhul amt which you call manslaughter or you whip someone usually a whip is not supposed to kill anyone but then sometimes it could happen because maybe you hit the wrong place and the person happens to die in the case of shibhul amt is not the punishment the person is not supposed to be killed but he is supposed to pay dear and the dear for that is 100 camels, or the value of 100 camels. I said, the Messenger Sallallahu said, al If a person kills another person deliberately, he's supposed to be killed, unless he is forgiven. wa amd, which is like manslaughter, ma qutila bil asa wal hajar, is someone who gets killed with a stick or a stone, a small stone. Or a stick which normally does not kill. وَعَلَيْهِ مِئَةُ He's supposed to pay the value of 100 camels. The third type is al khata'. Khata' means mistake. You did not mean to kill the person and you were not aggressing against the person. For example, I'm not doing anything illegal. Obviously to hit someone is illegal. You're not supposed to be hitting people. So, if you hit them with something that doesn't kill, it becomes shibhul ant. If you, I mean, hit them with something which kills, it becomes ant. But if I'm not aggressing against the person, for example, I dig a well. The well, I did not dig it in order to kill people. I dug the well because I want water. I want to draw water. Then someone happens to fall into the well which I dug. They died because of the well I dug, but I'm not the one who killed them, and I did not intend to kill anyone. This is called khata. Or I go hunting and give the license to hunt. Is it illegal? It's not illegal. It's perfectly okay. But while hunting, I happen to shoot someone by mistake. This is called khata. And a person should not be killed for al khata. Rather, there is deer, but the deer is much smaller than the deer of Shibhul Amd. So, I mentioned three times Al Amdu, for which the person is supposed to be killed, or the relatives may forgive or accept blood money. Shibhul Amd is a situation where you kill someone unintentionally, but because you aggressed on the person. Al-Khata uh, is where I do not aggress on the person. I'm doing something else and he happens to die as a result of what I'm doing For example, there could be accidents at places of work. Obviously, you don't intend to kill the person But then something falls on on his head Laqaddar Allah Such kind of killing is called Al-Khata and a person may pay something but not equal to the dear of Shibhul Amd Um I wanted to show you the difference between the hukm of the Sharia, the ruling of the Sharia and the ruling of uh, you know, our ordinary law, which is not Sharia, the Sharia of Islam. In the Sharia, we look at the weapon. If the weapon kills people, then it's armed. It means it's deliberate. But in other than the Sharia, they do not look at the weapon. They look at what they call motive. Is there a motive for this person to kill another person? If I kill someone and there is no motive, by motive we mean there is something I stand to benefit if they die. If you kill the person, you benefit something from killing them. If the motive is there, then it's considered deliberate. If there is no motive, it's considered manslaughter. In the courts of law, usually, when there is a murder trial, the only thing they'll be asking for is the motive. What would be the motive? If the motive cannot be supplied, then it's judged to be uh, manslaughter, which is not murder. We do not want to go into those details. However, the hukm of the sharia is that nafsu bin nafsi, a person who kills another person. So what is the meaning here? Which one of the three? The one the sharia implies in this hadith. Which one of the three that I explained? First, first, the first one, al amt So al-nafsu bin-nafsi here applies to al-amd. Deliberate killing. an nafsu bin-nafsi, a person who kills another person deliberately. He must be killed as well. This is a deterrent. It's a deterrent for criminals. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, wa lakum fil qisas, there is in qisas for you, Haya, there is life for you. Because if a person is executed publicly and everyone sees what happens, they're beheaded in front of people, I'm sure every would-be killer would think twice. Because they know the repercussions. They know what happens to, to killers. So the aim of the Sharia is not to kill people. The aim of the Sharia is to protect the mujtama I said the Sharia considers the rights of the community to be much more important than the rights of the individual. In killing one murderer and protecting the community, there is more sense than being sentimental about one murderer and endangering the lives of people in the community. Then Rasulullah says, وَاتَّارِكُ and the person who leaves his religion. By leaving his religion, we don't mean any religion. We mean Islam. وَالتَّارِكُ He, A person who leaves his religion, meaning he becomes a kafir. He rejects Islam. al المُفَارِقُ jama'a, And goes away from the jama'a. He leaves the jama'a of Islam. Sometimes you might wonder. You might think, but why should we kill someone who decides to uh, stop being a Muslim. I say, killing is a crime, isn't it? It's criminal, it's a sin, isn't it? And a person is killed for killing, because it's a sin. Zina is a sin, and a person is killed for zina because it's a sin. But I ask you, which one is the greater sin? Zina or becoming a kafir? Which one is greater? Committing adultery or rejecting faith. Which, which one is the greater sin? Rejecting faith is the greater sin. So is it logical that a, uh, a sin that is uh, you know, less grave should have the punishment of death, while the gravest sin in the world, rejecting faith, should not have such a punishment? In fact, if there is any sin that deserves such a punishment... It should be the greatest sin, and there is no sin greater than rejecting faith. A person who becomes a kafir, who's worse between a person who decides to become a kafir and a person who makes zina? The one who becomes a kafir is worse. Or who's worse between a person who uh, kills someone and a person who rejects faith? The one who rejects faith, obviously. So if these two crimes have the punishment of death, what about rejecting faith? But then again, surprisingly, have you ever heard of uh, any place where someone was executed because they stopped being Muslims? You ever heard of that? Have you ever heard a story of a place where someone was executed because they decided to leave Islam? Have you ever heard of that? Maybe in Sudan. Sudan. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, or let me put it this way. Is it common? It's not common. Then it means this rule or this law of the Sharia is not applied maybe? It is applied, but there is an implication. I want you to understand the phrase "al-mufariqu lil-jama'a," the one who uh, decides to separate himself from the community. You know, the Islamic government is based on the Quran and the Sunnah, and it's based on Islam. All right. If we have a government, and it's an Islamic government, it means we are governed by the Quran, and governed by the Sunnah, and governed by the Sharia of Islam. So if I'm a citizen of a country that's an Islamic government, an Islamic country, ruled by the Sharia, ruled by the Quran and the Sunnah, and I decide I don't believe in Islam anymore, and I don't believe in the veracity of the Quran, or the veracity of the Hadith, and I don't believe in the Sharia. Do you know what that means? That means I will not obey your laws anymore. Because if our Sharia is a Sharia government, and you say you don't believe in Islam anymore, it means, to me, your rules are useless. If you say, don't make Zina for me, I will make Zina. Why? Because I don't believe in the Sharia. If you say, don't drink beer, I will drink because I don't believe in the Sharia. If you stop being a Muslim, if a person stops being a Muslim and does not come out to defy the government and the rules of the Sharia, there is no need for the government to start hunting the person down. Why did he stop Islam and killing him? There is no need for that. The need only arises when the person comes out publicly and says, I've rejected your religion and therefore do not believe in your laws. Do you know what that is? Treason. And treason in any country is punishable by death. Any government. Treason is punishable by death. So in order for you to understand why the Sharia imposed a punishment of death, on a person who decides to stop being a Muslim al-Mufari, the one who leaves the jama'a, it's because that is considered treason. And you can imagine in the times of the Messenger وسلم, where you're living in a state of warfare between the Muslims and the non-Muslims. The Muslims are living in a state of warfare with the non-Muslims, and you have someone among your people. Who decides to reject your Sharia and your government? That's treason. Do you think you're safe? You're not safe. Mm-hmm. He's likely to become a jasus. You know, a jasus, a jasus is a spy. He will spy on the Muslims and report all their affairs to the non-Muslims. So he has two choices. Either he goes and joins the group of non-Muslims or he gets killed. Otherwise today, I don't think anyone ever said, I became a Christian and the world government started hunting him down. Say, when you find him, kill him. We've never heard of that. We've never heard of that. There's only one man that the world started hunting down and put a price on his head. Salman Rushdie. Why? Because he simply didn't say, I'm not a Muslim. He stood up and insulted Islam, insulted the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It became treason. Otherwise, if anyone in Blangililo says, I'm no longer a Muslim, I'm now a Christian, who's going to to, to kill him? How many people became Christians? Many. Did we hunt them down? Did, Did we kill them? Does that happen in any Islamic country? You think it happens in Mali? Does it happen in Mauritania or Senegal or any Islamic country? It doesn't. They just let them be. Why? Because there is no treason involved. But try to imagine a person, like you mentioned Sudan, huh? A person in northern Sudan, I believe that's an Islamic country, who stands up and says, for me on TV... From today onwards, I'm a Christian and this sharia of yours is fake and I'm not going to follow it. You, you think that one will be left alone? No. Absolutely not. It's busy. It's busy. So, the person who leaves his religion, and leaves the jama'ah. Apart from these three people, that the Messenger وسلم, mentioned in the hadith, there are also a number of people that the Sharia has ordered should be killed. But then Rasulullah sallallahu wa does not mention them in the hadith because, one way or the other, they fall under one of the three categories. Number one, al homosexuals. Homosexuals, Rasulullah sallallahu wa said, kill the one doing it and the one to whom it is being done when you find them doing such a thing kill the one doing it and the one to whom it is being done it's a form of it's a sickness it's madness even animals don't do it goats don't cows don't and for a human being to descend to such levels, a man sleeping with another man—how how much lower can you sink? Those have to be killed, and for them it doesn't matter. Thaib, not thaib—that it doesn't apply to them. For Luat, Don't say, are you are you married? Have you ever had into? There's nothing like that. The only condition is that they should be baalig. Baalig means of age, aqil, not mad. If, if a mad person does that, slip them, rufi al qalam an thalaf. A mad person is not accountable for, for what they do, they are mad. Or a child, but the moment a person becomes ba'ligh comes of age, if they are found doing such a thing, they have to be killed. Another group of people that must be killed, not mentioned here, but somehow falls under one of the three categories, is a person who sleeps with an animal. This is also another form of sickness. And all these sicknesses are found in the countries of the non-believers. Because for them there's no sharia, there's no punishment, everyone is free to do whatever they like, and people sleep with animals. Allah knows A dog, a donkey, a horse, the Messenger of Allah said if you find a man doing that, kill the man, kill the animal. If a man does that, you kill the man and kill the animal. Another one that has to be killed is a beer drinker the fourth time he is caught. A person who is caught drinking beer first time, no, second, no, third, no, fourth time is a Mufsid. That becomes his punishment. Another person is a person who fights the Wali amr a leader has been chosen, and then he becomes a rebel, he grabs a gun in order to fight the leader that has been chosen. Such a person must be put to death. So the Sharia restores order. القصاص, in قصاص, and in this punishment, hayat. There is life for the rest of the community. I think after the adhan, inshaAllah. Or maybe questions after, after the adhan, <laughs> Um, in this session, we we take questions. Okay. In the nah. qu- in the situation of manslaughter, nah. uh, let's say for example there are a lot of people involved. You let's say. 10 people. Mm-hmm. Does it mean you have to buy each person a hundred camels? Uh, that, that one, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have to find out, inshallah. Um, another question linked to this. You uh, said if you kill 10 people, do you, do you buy for, for each one of them 100 camels? I, I need to find out, inshallah. And what if you don't have money? Let's say you just kill one person, but you don't have money to pay for the 100 camels. You're given an extended period of time to pay. It's not immediate. They don't ask you to pay 100 camels there and then. They will look at your situation, and obviously the court is going to decide how you can, how you can pay. No. Sheikh, um how do, how do you determine if um, someone has killed another person? For instance, in a case where uh, you find someone dead and the other person is near to him, do you automatically confirm it's him or there is no more investigation? Thing? Yeah, we, we have to carry out. Either he's going to confess that he killed the, the person or we carry out an investigation to establish that the person was really killed by him. But in this case, if you mean do we need four witnesses, like in the case of adultery, we don't need witnesses, but an investigation has to be carried out until we assure that he killed the person. I think what I wanted to ask maybe can be answered by what you have said. What I wanted to know is, um, especially for the third type, no. how do you establish that it wasn't uh, it was by mistake? The uh, third type. Yeah. How can you establish that it was by mistake? Uh, just like the examples I gave you, you look at the way in which the person died. Uh, for example, if if you had a well, obviously. It's difficult to imagine that you dug the well so that the person could fall into, into the well. That's, that's very, very clear. If there is any shubha, uh, shubha means any, any doubt, then the doubt has to be, to be investigated until we see whether the person really wanted to kill him or he was doing something else. And I understand your point because sometimes you could pretend to be hunting. You could pretend to be hunting and then decide to shoot someone uh, because you know it's going to be taken as qatlul khata. So in every case, you know the Sharia is not blind to such situations. In the court of law, an investigation is going to take place and you will have a lawyer. That's one thing people don't know about the Sharia. They think in the Sharia you just stand there, then they tell you and tell you and send you to jail. It's not like that. You have a lawyer and the lawyer is going to try by all means to to defend you and there is going to be a prosecutor. It's just like a normal court of law. The only difference is that after the conviction the punishments are different from the punishments that we have in our uh, courts of law. Yes my question is suppose a man have been caught sleeping with another man Mm -hmm. so is it allowed to use any weapon to kill them or there is a special way to kill them? That's a very important question I just deliberately decided to, you know, like sideline it when, when I was talking, when I was explaining because I thought maybe it was not relevant but because you asked, the scholars have differed concerning uh, how to kill them. In fact, some scholars have suggested that they should be raised to a high platform and then thrown down so that they fall and, and die because that's the way Jibril, a.s.w. punished the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is the crime they practiced and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibril who scooped them up on his wing and flew up with them and then threw them down and destroyed the entire cities. So um, some scholars say whatever method is okay, you could kill them with a sword. But some suggested they should be taken to a mountain or some raised platform and then be thrown down uh, to the ground to die. Sir, my question is just uh, the confirmation. I want you to confirm more about what you has asked, in case uh, they have been taken up to a higher level, and then thrown down, and maybe they, yeah, maybe they don't die, and then they decide to to run away. <laughs> yeah, what happens? Do you chase them, or or maybe they don't, they didn't just die, they just run away. Do You have to run after them, and or just leave them like that. The the, the punishment, the punishment has to be death. So if they don't die, it means the punishment has not taken place. If they decide to run away, they have to be caught and brought back and, and killed. But, you know, we're dealing with competent people who know uh, uh, what heights someone can survive and what heights uh, people cannot survive. Obviously, they, they can't survive. But I don't think they would throw them with their hands free and their, their legs free. They would obviously tie them before, before throwing them. Nah. Yeah, I ask this because uh, in the case of uh, Zani, uh, is it Ma Isu ran away or yeah, then they let him go, no. does it mean that they didn't tie him or...? Go. They, they chased him and stoned him to death. Then they explained to the Messenger that when we started stoning him, he ran away and we chased him and killed him and the messenger وسلم, said you should have let him go when he ran away you should have let him go the messenger وسلم, was simply trying to be to be lenient you know he was very very reluctant وسلم, to impose any of these punishments on, on anyone in the first place when he said I made zina he ignored him وسلم, a number of times and even when he ran away he said you should have let him go but then the thing is uh, according to the Sharia, we don't just stone them like that. We have to dig a pit, yeah, dig a pit and uh, uh, bury them, leaving only up to the to the chest. The, the, the hands have to be inside, and then the stoning becomes obviously uh, much much easier. Uh, so there's no chance of, of running away. Sir, you mentioned something concerning those who drink beer. Said if he drinks beer for the fourth time, then he's a fasi. Does it mean, in uh, Islamic situations, we are not supposed to have addicts? Yeah, If, if the addict is not, is not caught, then that's, that's between him and, and Allah. In this case, we're talking about someone who gets caught three times, and then he gets caught the fourth time. Obviously, he may have drunk beer maybe a hundred or a thousand times, but we're just counting the number of times that he's been caught. The same applies to a thief. A thief, the fifth time, has to be killed. If he is caught the first time, the second time, the third, the fourth, the fifth time, he will have to be killed because it means he's a mufsid. He's not just a thief, he's he's a mufsid. So the same applies to, to a drunkard. It doesn't matter how many times he drank, we only count the number of times that he's been apprehended by the police for drinking beer, drunk and disorderly. أعلم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحان الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم بحمدك ونشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين